And if you'd like to record your podcast in a professional studio, DM me at Brandon underscore NRR as we rent out this studio. We do monthly plans, which puts you at $25 an hour for the studio. We are so excited to welcome a new sponsor to Nashville Restaurant Radio, Volunteer Welding Gas and Supply. Volunteer Welding Beverage Carbonation began serving bulk CO2 and beverages systems in 1976. They're a service-oriented company that is passionate about and dedicated to beverage-only gases. How does a gas company provide service? Well, you either know or you don't know until it's too late. And they use telemetry to monitor your system. Let's say that you're in the middle of a busy lunch, and then you realize, hey, there's no carbonation in our Coke. This is a problem. What do you do? You call an 800 number, be put on hold, to be told that maybe sometime in the next 24 hours, somebody will get out to you? Well, that's where the telemetry works. Volunteer welding is monitoring your tank for that. If it gets low or there's a leak, they're gonna let you know beforehand. Imagine that call before lunch, so you never have an 86 situation when you definitely don't need that. Wanna learn more? Give David Perry a call at 615-306-7455 or email him at d. P-E-R-R-Y at volunteerwelding.com. Hey guys, we are talking about Sharpier's Bakery and Erin Moso and her family have been operating Sharpier's Bakery for 37 years. They've been delivering fresh baked bread to the back of locally owned and operated restaurants every single day for 37 years. They are doing amazing things. Today, I have a call to action. What I want you to do, if you're fed up with buying frozen bread from a broadliner that sometimes works, sometimes doesn't work, if you're baking bread and there's there's flour everywhere all over your kitchen, I want you to go check out their website, sharpies.com. That's C-H-A-R-P-I-E-R-S.com. You can see all of the different round buns that they've got. You can look at the specialty round buns, loaf bread, specialty loaf bread, bullies, baguettes, sweets. They do cheesecake, flourless chocolate torts. They have all kinds of amazing things. I need you to go to sharpies.com right now and check them out. Welcome to Nashville Restaurant Radio, the tastiest hour of talk in Music City. Now here's your host, Brandon Still. Hello, Music City, and welcome to Nashville Restaurant Radio. My name is Brandon Still, and I'm going to be joined with, I have two co-hosts today. One is Caroline Galzen, the other is Ben Whitlock, and we are absolutely powered by Gordon Food Service. We are always and literally like powered by Gordon Food Service. They give us the wind beneath our wings. These guys are amazing. Uh, We just love them so, so much. Today's an episode of The Roundup. We don't, it's not like an interview, it's just a roundup. 
And we're going to talk about all all the things, topical things that's going on, what's going on with me, what's going on with Caroline, what's going on with Ben. Uh, ben is the president and owner of Mobile Fixture. So they're an equipment company. They, they set up restaurants. They do amazing, amazing things. And this guy is all over the place. You're going to learn more about what he's doing. Keen insight as to everything that's happening in this industry. It's why we really love it when he comes on the show. Uh, and that's 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 the show today. We're gonna have a blast. If you don't know about the Giving Kitchen, you need to know about the Giving Kitchen. There's nothing you need to do. We're not asking for money. We're not asking for anything. But we want you to know if you have somebody that you work with in the restaurant industry who's in trouble. Maybe they need to go to rehab. Maybe they've had an accident. Maybe there's something that has happened to them and they are forced. They're not able to pay their bills. Whatever it might be. Check out the givingkitchen.org because what they do is they help restaurant workers. Okay. Simple as that. They don't ask for anything back. They just help restaurant workers. And part of the thing we need to do is just let you know they are here to help. Uh, they are really, really doing amazing things. Go check out our episode with Jen Heidinger Kendrick. She's their co founder and executive director. Uh, that's a fun episode, but also. They're just doing amazing things, and I want to support them and let you know they're here to help. That's it. We're going to jump in right now. Are you guys ready? Ben Whit Ben Whitlock, Caroline Galzen. Let's do the roundup. Super excited today to welcome everybody in to the roundup. We haven't done a roundup in a minute, Brenda. No, I'm we, excited. Well, because you've been gone. I'm yeah. not going to say it another way. You've been gone. Well, I have been traveling a good amount, and uh, and then we're all just busy, man. It's a busy season. It is a crazy busy season. So it is nice to get a chance to do a roundup. We have a celebrity guest today. He is a celebrity spoon salesman. That's right. It's also his Instagram handle at celebrity spoon salesman. Ben Whitlock is in studio right yeah. here. Oh, wait, wait, yeah. Wait, wait, wait. No, that's not the right one. Here we go. Ben Whitlock is in studio today. Good morning. Good morning. It's so happy to so happy to have you here on our Father's Day edition of the Roundup. I love it. I love this weekend. It's my favorite weekend of the year next to the Masters weekend. Really? Father's what? Day weekend is your favorite? Yeah, but not necessarily for the reasons you might think. <laughs> okay. It's U.S. Open week. So we've got the U.S. Open going on this week. A lot of news coming out of the golf world that nobody cares about except me because I'm a nerd. But Father's Day for me and my family is really cool this year because the U.S. Open is at uh, essentially at night. It's on the West Coast in L.A. So I'm going to spend all day with my family on Father's Day doing whatever it is I want to do. And then when coverage starts, they can go do whatever they want. And that's Father's Day. It's okay. It's fine. I have a question. The U.S. Open is a golf event? Well, there's many U.S. Opens, but in this reference he's talking about, yes, it is yes. a golf. There's a U.S. Open of surfing. There's a U.S. Uh, Open of tennis. Tennis, there's poker, everything, yeah. The U.S. Open mm -hmm. of poker. There's all kinds of U.S. Opens. Just checking. When Ben references a any kind of a sporting event, just to, just it's going to be golf. We're talking about golf. I, know, should, I should know that. Yeah. I should he is a that. former professional golfer. That's right. Are you really? I am. I, I never knew that. Two you, kids ago. Come on. Yeah. Really? Yeah. He, uh, he was and like, now I sell spoons. Look at me. Look at me go. <laughs> what a transition. <laughs> you know, kids, miracles 
do happen. It's okay. And dreams do come true. Yeah. Yeah. If you want to get out of the golf world and sell spoons, you could do it. It's not that hard. Well, I really had no idea. <laughs> were, were you in the PGA? No. No, I wasn't good enough, obviously, because I do this now. But um, <laughs> there was a time I was, I was pretty good. I was okay. okay. Yeah. Wow. Were, yeah. were you a golf pro, like at a, a club? or I was a... So I played golf for a living for a little while until I ran out of money. And then I decided to be what we call a, uh, a shop chop. So I decided to still be a professional golfer, but work at a country club mm-hmm. in Mobile. Oh, which and club? It was uh, at Heron Lakes. Oh, And ben. that's actually where I met my wife. I can't believe I've known you for almost, I want to say maybe almost 10 years now. And I never knew this. Yeah. That's very yeah. cool. Look at that. And now he's the president of Mobile Fixture. Yeah, I know, right? Mobile Mobile, fixtures. I'm completely joking. Uh, He does this every time. Every time for three years that we've known. We just we just had Carter Ha on the podcast, and that episode hasn't come out yet. It's going to come out in another week or two. But Carter is the um, owner of a place called Streetcar, and then his grandmother's name was Phila Ha, but it's spelled H H A C H. So he has this hot chicken, which is H A C H. T, as in the way they pronounce last name, hot, it's like a hot chicken dish. But people can't grasp the concept that it's it's hocked. It's hocked. That's hatched chicken is what they said. But in the South, people tend to have a way they want to say something, and then they just say it that way. Yeah, yeah. And so mobile fixture is very easily, phonetically, it says mobile fixture, but... You want to say mobile. Most people say mobile fixture. I will say as a native South Alabamian, people who have the real Alabama coastal accent do say mobile. Yeah. We don't say mobile. We say mobile. Mobile. Yeah. Mobile. But I think you would actually be okay if this is mobile fixture. I don't really care at this point. You know, and and, and all joking aside, I mean, here we are in Nashville. You can call whatever you want. If you buy stuff from us, you can call it whatever. You can call it a bagel for all I care. <laughs> because as long as your check clears, That's fine. Yeah. you can call me whatever you want. <laughs> yeah, they do too. <laughs> uh, so I was just at the restaurant show a few weeks ago and uh, was very graciously hosted by your company, Ben. You guys got me some passes to go to the show, and there's a little bit of a mix-up. when we Sort of. <laughs> well, there was a little bit of a mix-up when we got there to uh, to get our badges to go walk around the floor, and I was texting Ben, and we wound up just getting your badge mm-hmm. that just had your – I hope I'm allowed to say oh, this. Oh, yeah. Who cares, right? Yeah. Um, and Tony was wearing a badge that said, Ben Whitlock, President, Mobile Fixtures, and you texted me back, Tell him to turn it around because someone might punch him in the face. Yeah, there's no telling. I mean, he could either get, you know, high-fived or, or punched. Who knows? <laughs> At that show, there's tons of people around. Yeah. Who, who I've never met in person. But you know they hate you. It, it's is possible. That, is that what you're saying? It's possible. Why, but what For what is the reason? Because I will say I've, I've worked with you, you know, a few know. times. You know, I don't know. It's really hard to not get along with me, I know. I, I, well, I think we should. We should I, I don't think that's the best question of the day right now. Jeez. Let's get into this. Why would somebody hate you? Did you tell me, like, that grill's going to cost $5,000? I'm like, fuck you, man. $5,000. Like, that's what I have to charge you for it. And then they get angry. Or did you tell somebody you're going to have a grill when their restaurant opens and the restaurant doesn't get to open because the grill didn't arrive? No. Something it's, like it's, that? Like, I don't. If it were to happen, it's not usually with a customer, it's usually with a vendor where we may have had a bad experience with a vendor. I may have told a customer, hey, we don't want to 
provide this vendor anymore because I've had trouble with them in the past. And it does happen. And somehow it inevitably gets back to the vendor. And then I get the phone call from somebody as old as my grandfather chewing me out saying, why are you talking bad about my company? Because your company sucks, man. <laughs> any, not... any companies you'd like to put on blast here no, on the air today? Not today. <laughs> no, they're all fantastic. <laughs> He's like, no, if I accidentally get punched, that's one thing. Yeah. I'm not going to broadcast yeah. my... It, it, it doesn't face with a public. target on it. No. Okay. How, how about some companies that you'd like to, maybe one or two companies that you're like, this is just a solid brand. If you're opening a restaurant, if you're buying equipment, here's one or two brands that are just the, the aces in your book. Yeah. You know, what's, what's funny is the industry has changed since COVID. Obviously everybody's has, but our side of the industry has changed since COVID because there's been consolidation, there's been publicly traded companies going private and then vice versa. And then what happened at the end of last year, beginning of this year, a huge, what we call a shakeup in our territory in the Southeast, where certain conglomerate manufacturers were partnered with certain rep groups and marketing agents. Then they all started, you know, pivoting and making changes. And now, you know, rep group A is not representing this company anymore that they've represented for 20 years. And there's been a, there's been a big change with who is representing who. And what's, what, what's so funny is these rep groups who, who I love, I love get, I love working with rep groups and I'm going to say that whether I do or not, but I really do. Um, <laughs> they, you know, they, they come into our store and they come into your restaurant and they, they talk about, you know, brand a, and I'm not going to mention brands because, they no longer represent brand A. Well, the, they, they would try and sell brand A against brand B for 20 years. Then on February 1st, they come in, hey, let me tell you about brand B. And this is why you need to be selling brand B versus brand A. And I'm like, okay, let, can, we, can we just at least pretend for a minute that you believed in that first brand instead of, you know, dropping them, going to brand B? So to answer your question, at least I'm going to attempt to, there are, there are still solid companies in our industry that can hit lead times that are not gouging us on price anymore. Um, and they, they, they do stand up and, and make things right. Uh, Middleby is a huge, massive conglomerate company that has about 65 or so brands within its umbrella. Um, very well-known names, Pitco, Blodgett, South Bend, um, and then you've got other conglomerates like Wellbuilt, who owns Delfield and Frymaster and Garland. Tons of tons of conglomerates out there. And if you if you are partnered with one or more of those conglomerates, you're gonna be okay. But if you're not partnering with them, you're selling brand X, Y, and Z, and you're probably gonna get left in the dust. Hmm. Yeah. So you partner with them? I'm doing everything I can to, yeah. I mean, and I believe in them. You know, I'm not I'm not gonna sell one brand today and then another brand tomorrow because they gave me a better deal tomorrow. I'm going to try and stick with the people that, that believe in me and believe in my growth and your growth and your growth. I mean, ultimately the things that are going to bring you success are is, is results is bringing good quality product to somebody and believing in a brand and then standing behind it. Yeah. And I think and, people miss, we talked about this morning, I think companies miss that today. Well, what happens is you get these, these, these regionals and these vice presidents and national, national account managers or whatever their titles are. 
they sit in in their offices in Chicago or Dallas or wherever they're they're based, and they don't get out and not necessarily to see me. I don't I don't care about them seeing me. They need to be out seeing Nikki's or Josephine's or you know Noco or whoever it might be, and ask the question: What are we doing right and what are we doing wrong? You're going to give them the honest answer, I would think. Hey, you guys are great with this, this, and this. But when I had a service problem, nobody came and fixed it, and I had to pay it out of my pocket. Those, those larger companies, when I have a relationship with those companies, I can call the, the man or the woman and say, you're going to fix this or we're going to have a problem. And it's not like I'm threatening them. I'm just trying to be open and honest and be transparent with them and say, I need some help because – I'm going to look bad to you, Caroline, if, if I don't fix your problem. You don't care that it's a Pitco issue or a Delfield issue. It's a mobile fixer issue. And I don't, I don't, I don't like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I will say for what it's worth, I will give you a plug, Ben, and say that you guys really are so wonderful to work with. I've worked with you on two projects. Three. Three? You don't remember it. I don't. What? Tell me. What was it? Oh, no. You came into my store. God, it's probably been 10 years. You were working with Sarah. Okay. Over at Otaku. Okay, in that's East how Nashville. we met you. Is, yeah. Yes. Okay. So All that right. was the first one. Yeah. You don't remember the second one then, do you? 51st. 51st, yeah. Of okay. So oh, we do. How could I forget? <laughs> <laughs> but actually, when we worked together on that project, this is have you have you ever put together a smaller kitchen? I have done one smaller kitchen than that, okay. and it was amazing. It was amazing that it could actually be done. Wow. Well, well, we had a kitchen that was about the size of a walk-in closet. At fifty first. At fifty first. Oh, I've been in there. Yeah. And your team Tiny. was so professional. Johnny on the spot, absolutely make it made it happen, yeah. and set up such an efficient kitchen for us. You know, I think that when you are putting together a new project, you know, of course. Tony and I have been working in restaurant operations for 20 plus years. We know how a kitchen needs to run. We know how, you know, a service needs to run. Okay, well, if it's busy and this happens and that happens and how are you going to move around here and there? But the benefit of working with a company like yours is you can help operators who even have the experience that we have think about things and look at things that we haven't considered. You know, we've been through that exercise with you a few times and, you know, could you possibly get a cheaper experience if you're just Mm -hmm. picking things yourself and hey I'm going to go to this used equipment store I'm going to buy all my own equipment I'm going to install it myself whatever but you get what you pay for yeah and you know what's funny is we we say this all the time we get a lot of second dates Mm. we get a few first dates but we get a lot of second dates because of what you just you just described um husband wife couple decide they're going to open up a restaurant she's a great cook he's you know made money whatever so they, they start looking at what everything costs, and they quickly realize they are undercapitalized. They do not have nearly enough money to open. So then they start looking on the internet, or they start looking at used, or Amazon, or whatever it might be. So they, they go through the process of opening up this restaurant. They've hired a handyman to build it out. They skirted the permitting process, whatever the, all the corners that they're going to cut are. And then it's time for equipment to show up, and they realize this shit's heavy. And it's bulky, and it doesn't go together the way it's supposed to. So they they go through all those motions, and they they have saved money, yes, but it takes forever, and it sucks. So 
then they've opened up the restaurant. They've had some success. They put some money in the bank. And now it's time to start looking at another location in Franklin or Madison or wherever it might be. That's when we get the phone mm. call. And, and it's not like we're going to go in and, and raise the price because you didn't use us the first time. No, we, we understand as a restaurateur, when you're opening up your first restaurant, you don't have enough money. I don't care how much money you have. It's not enough. <laughs> it's Truly. just not. Everything costs way more than you think. So we kind of let them be on their first location. You know, we, we still work with a lot of restaurateurs on their first locations. But when, when it is a budget thing and they have to save money at, at every point, they're going to learn. And that's fine. The second restaurant comes around, they've got some money. And okay, hey, Ben, let's, let's sit down and let's talk. And that's great. We love that. Well, and also because you don't buy equipment once and then never buy equipment again. If you have a restaurant that hopefully is successful and open for a long time, unfortunately, you're going to have to buy equipment again. And, you know, I mean, our relationship with you has always been ongoing just in terms of, hey, we need a referral for a repairman or, Mm -hmm. you know, hey, we've changed our operations a little bit. Now we need this new piece of equipment or we think this would be more efficient. So I I really, for what my two cents, anybody out there who's looking to open a restaurant, I really think it's very beneficial to go the mobile, the mobile fixtures route. (laughs) Call Ben. (laughs) Look at this as like a and now we're back to the show. Yeah, yeah. Let me uh, send y'all a check. No, I actually, I, I don't mean for it to be an advertisement at all. I, I really do mean that. I've talked to a lot of people who have come to me and said, hey, can I pick your brain? Want to open a place? Whatever. And I do mm-hmm. always recommend yeah. you guys. So, You're a friend up in Chicago. Oh. Zoe. Yes. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Great restaurant. One of my favorite restaurants in Chicago. Oh, shout out to Split Rail yeah. in Chicago. Yes. I will say, every time I bring your name up, which is... I mean, all the time. I talk about you everywhere I go. (laughs) I bet. We are actually going to take a quick break to hear a few words from our sponsors. We're going to do several short commercial breaks. They'll be fast. Hang out. We have John Ho with Parks Realty, Hospitality on Instagram, in studio, to tell you why, as a restaurant worker, you can buy a home. John? Thank you, Brandon. There's three things that are fallacies when it comes to buying a home from the hospitality industry. Number one is that you need perfect credit. Number two is that you need tens of thousands of dollars for down payment. And number three is that you need two years of work history at the same place. John, you're a restaurant veteran, been in the industry a long time. How do you as a real estate agent overcome those three myths? The first thing we do is we pick a premier partner for lending and that's Foundation Mortgage. Uh, They're gonna be our first stop to get people pre-qualified in the hospitality industry. Number two, we understand that hospitality workers don't work nine to fives. So our phones are on 24 hours a day. Amazing, so if I wanted to call you, how do I do it? You can get me at my cell phone, shoot me a text or give me a call. It's 615-483-0315, 615-483-0315 or Amanda Gardner at Foundation Mortgage, 865-230. 1031-865-230-1031. Follow John on Instagram at Hospitality and follow Amanda on Instagram at Mortgage Amanda. What Chefs Want story is incredibly unique. The owner, Ron Turnier, met with a bunch of chefs in Louisville back in the early 2000s and asked them one simple question. What do you want? And the chefs, they responded emphatically. We want deliveries on Sunday. We want to be able to split any item that you sell. We want a frictionless experience where we feel like we're being served. And so you know what he did? Something crazy. He did just that. 
So What Chefs Want is not only a company that's delivering fresh produce, fresh seafood, fresh custom cut meats, specialty items, dairy, gourmet, all of that seven days a week. They also offer 24 seven customer support. You wanna call, you wanna text, you wanna email, you can talk to somebody 24 seven. Get your delivery seven days a week in an amazing selection of products. That is what chefs want. So if you ever wonder, why do they call it that? That's your reason. Check them out at whatchefswant.com. <laughs> I've never heard anybody say it bad. Everybody that I've ever met who knows you is like, dude, I love that guy. And that's a great, that, that, that's how I, yeah. that's how I judge people. That's, I hope, I hope that's the case. Yeah. Because that's my experience yeah. with you. Well, thank you. And thank you for being here today. Yeah. You put me on the spot in, what was it? September of 21 at FIDA. When oh, I, at, at, um, where was that? At the Hyatt. Grand Hyatt. Grand Hyatt. Yeah. And how did I put you on the spot? You were doing some kind of Q and A with Manit. Oh, well, yeah. I was on stage with Manit. Yeah. And somehow it turned into, let's put the spotlight in front of, in this huge room on Ben. I don't even remember what you were saying. Something about, you know, all these restaurants and they like to use Ben and this and that. And I'm like, okay, there's 2000 of my competitors sitting in this room and they're naming off every single one of my customers. I'm like, please stop talking about me. Talk <laughs> about the industry. Do not talk about us anymore. I don't think I did. I, I don't remember doing that. That <laughs> no, was great. It was, it was fantastic. I know many, we were the, there was like this, you know, it was like a breakout type thing where there's speakers and we were the last people to go on. It was like an hour and a half long thing. And we were the last 15 minutes. So everybody's been sitting there for an hour and 15 minutes. You can see people antsy on their phones and me and me, I'm going to go up and ask Manit questions or like a Q and A and I'm, I'm facilitating the thing. Yeah. And she goes, let's just get up there and dance. And I was like, you want to get up there and dance? <laughs> and I go, Fucking let's go. If that's what you want to do, then that's what we're going to do. Yeah. And I, and and our goal was to, and this was off the, this literally was the second before we went up there. Our goal was, these are the FIDA, which is the Equipment Distributor Association. Food, service, food Equipment food Distributors service, yes. Association. Yep. All of his contemporaries, people work them. And so we wanted to let them know what the restaurant tours were thinking. And so we were supposed to get them on the same page. So I made everybody stand up. And then clap in sync. Or as I made everybody clap, everybody clap at your own pace, go. And it was just this crazy, everybody clapping, stomping, or whatever. I said, okay, stop. Now everybody clap with me. And I did like this, and everybody clapped and I go, now start dancing. We all we all started dancing. That was a good icebreaker. And then I was like, so see how much better it is when we're on the same page? And so what we want to do today is we want to get you on the same page with us restaurant tours. And then I asked Manit some questions. Then we took questions from the audience. But I don't remember being like, and Ben Whitlock over here. I mean, I, we may have, but I don't think I wasn't too, I wasn't too tough on you. I don't know if it was you that started or Manit. It was one of you, but but you, you both definitely contributed, which was great. I, I love I Did you walk it. around with your, like. I did. It's me I did. the rest of the show. What's yeah. up? It was, there was I'm the one they were talking about. <laughs> That's well, right. Don't even look at me. Don't even look at me. What's up? So I don't want to get too sidetracked, guys, because this is the Roundup show. Father's Day edition. Father's Day edition. So we got a few topics that we want to cover today. Why don't we get your perspective? We got to do work. Things. Let's do it. All right. Well, earlier we were talking about we were both at the restaurant show few few weeks back. And uh, I wanted to talk about what what did you see at the show that you got excited about or that you feel like you know, is, is going to be coming, coming our way. Yeah. 
a lot of robotics. As much Same. as we hate saying it, a lot of robotics, and it's good robotics. I, I'm 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 an idiot. Okay, I don't know anything about robots, but when I watch a robot do the work of a fry cook and never move and never ask her a raise and never call in sick. And, you know, you, you got to start thinking about all those things. Yeah. That robot may cost, I don't know, a hundred grand. Well, so I actually was at the robotics booth because it was, it was fascinating. It was one of the biggest <coughs> booths there and they have just these like Rosie, the robot from the Judson. Yeah. It's basically a Roomba with shelves rolling <laughs> all over and talking to these guys about, you know, the robot staff. And I was thinking, well, this is an interesting idea. What a cool piece of equipment, but this thing's got to be a hundred thousand dollars. This is so, you know, unrealistic. No restaurant is going to use this. So I asked him, how much does this cost? And he said, well, we actually work with a leasing program and it's $400 a month. So if we are already at only $400 a month for this technology, it's only going to get less expensive. And when you compare the cost of a busser to a $400 a month robot. Yeah. mm -hmm. Yeah. Or a server or or whoever it is. I don't think that they're at a point where they can replace servers, but the robots that I saw can food run and can bus. Yeah. And we have QR codes that are your, I can be my own server if I got something that can bring my drinks and my food. Yeah, I want to know if those those robots that are running food and servers do they flip the tablet over and ask you to tip them like like humans do? <laughs> like if they did, I would probably tip that robot. You would tip the robot. Yeah, why not? I tip everybody. Yeah, I don't even argue. Yeah, okay, great. Yeah. Do you think it will like go back into the server station and like talk to the other <laughs> robots and be like, "That guy didn't fucking tip me. That guy's an asshole. I, He's probably uh, gonna yelp about me." One thousand percent. And yeah. if they don't, then that shit needs to be put in there. Like yeah. whoever has that. So if you go to 615 Chutney in Bellevue, they have this, te- they're using this technology right now. They have a, it's a robot cat. It's that machine that comes out, but it has like little ears on it and it meows at you and you order your food and then it comes out and brings your food and like you like start purring when you take the stuff. I think like it's, it's a whole thing. Nice. God. So outside of robotics, you know, because that's the extent of what I know about robots, um, real estate, uh, you know, real estate in Nashville is stupid, crazy, expensive. out of hand. Um, it's not quite to Atlanta, but we're getting pretty close. Um, I bet I would be willing to bet that you can get better prices on commercial real estate in Atlanta than you can in Nashville right now. Depends on the part of town. We, we literally just opened up a branch in Atlanta last week. Oh, congrats. And, yeah, thanks. And it's not cheap. I'm not going to lie, but in Nashville and and the way that how we get involved with restaurants is it always starts with design, obviously. And if you have a 3000 square foot restaurant in the Gulch, that, that 3000 square feet is expensive. So the, the, the larger the kitchen, the less butts and seats and the less revenue and so on and so forth. So inevitably the kitchen always gets cut down to a absolute minimum. Um, so what we, what we have started looking at, is more of the European model of kitchens, which is condensed kitchens that, you know, you have multi-use pieces of equipment. No more of the six burner range, one fryer, grill, flat top convection oven. You know, that's a 15 to 20 foot line of equipment. People are going to combi ovens. They're going to these vector ovens, these ventless pieces of equipment that on the surface are extremely expensive. But when you don't have to spend a hundred grand on a hood, 
and you're taking up a less of a footprint, you know, the, the all in value is it's there. And I don't think that's going to go away. I think that's only going to get bigger and more popular in that the kitchens are going to get smaller and we're going to have less staff working in kitchens. So we as designers and as distributors have to recognize early on, we're not doing the same model that we did pre pandemic. It's just the world's changed. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> I didn't go to the show, but I always, you know, I, I think it's funny how you go these things and robotics technology. I think that there's a, while those things are really cool, I think people like me and my generation who are operating restaurants and have a good feel for doing this for almost 30 years, I can walk into a building and my, my senses, I can, I, I know what's going on. Mm-hmm the whole time they're trying to convince you that you don't yeah and that you hey look stop we get it you're smart you're you're an older dude who's been in the business a long time our technology will give you all the stuff that's in your gut on your your phone and then you can make decisions based upon real data mm-hmm. not your gut and it's almost like this whole vibe around it is them trying to get you to realize how much your gut doesn't work. And it's crazy because they're right. It, it, the, I mean, yeah, the world Mike, has changed. Give Mike, us an example, Brandon. What do you mean? I can walk in a restaurant and see how busy we are, get a feel for what's going on. Where do I need to be in the restaurant? What do I need to do? But I can look at, at the second people walk in the door, they're generating data. How many people came with you? Did you make a reservation? How long did you have to wait to be greeted? How long did you have to wait to get to your table? How long before your first drinks got there? Did you order appetizers? Did you order a bottle of wine? Did you order sodas? All of that data you can now capture, and then you can make intelligent decisions based upon marketing and staffing. All of this stuff, how many people do I need per square? You can use that data to identify how you operate every single thing that you do but I don't want to do that because that seems like more work than, so like I go to these conferences, they're trying the, the, oh, the hurdle for these guys is to get past your own ego. Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing. I like people go get over yourself. Our technology is going to give you everything that you need that. And it's almost like, well then what do you need me for? And that's, I think what they're, that's the thing that these big conferences are trying to overcome. Like, what do you mean? I don't need a robot robot. It's cool, but I can't do that. Like, well, no, this is, this is the future. And you're, whether you like it or not, whether you coming. like it or not, this is what's coming. And this, somebody who's smarter than you in a different way, sat in a room and figured out the solution to your problems that you think you're so great at that, you know, because you've done it so long. Well, now there's a dashboard that'll tell you yeah, everything we, that's in your brain. We don't have a complicated industry. I mean, it's, no. it's really not. We order food, we cook food, we sell food and we pay for the food. That's it. So if you took that same philosophy that you just described for the front of the house, you can still capture the same amount of data in the back of the house from the cost perspective where a combi oven will keep a log of what's being cooked. It'll, it'll tell you how many times the door was open prematurely. It'll tell you if it was overcooked, you know, whatever that data is, that data will directly correlate to the guest experience. So where at the front of the house, your job is to maximize profits. The back of the house, your job is to minimize expense and minimize your food costs and labor costs. So I think we talked about this on a recent episode, but I do think it's a really interesting topic that kind of aligns with all of this, which is that 
Uh, there was a New York Times article not too long ago about all of kind of what we're talking about now, restaurant technology and how the technology is evolving so quickly and all these changes people have made, but how there's been kind of a diner backlash to it and how Chili's Corporation has taken the technologies they were using, kind of gotten rid of it and seen really, really positive results from hiring more staff and increasing- Going back to basics. Going back to basics, really increasing human interaction, putting more bussers on the floor, you know, putting more servers per, you know, smaller sections for servers, all of that kind of human connection. You know, what do you guys think about that kind of, you know, whiplash effect? I think that's great for our generation and older. My daughter's generation ain't going to Chili's because of that. I, I, they're, they're just not. I agree with you. I feel like, like I said, I, I know that we talked about this on another show. It was maybe with Ford Fry. I can't remember. But that's what I kind of said, too. I think for our age group and older, we like to put our phones away and have a conversation mm-hmm. and enjoy going out to dinner. I don't know that younger people do. I don't I don't think they do. And mm. and the, the, mm, the biggest potential victim to that generation, I think, is Cracker Barrel. Cracker Barrel is built on human interaction. It's built on going back to basics. It's built on, you know, the overall atmosphere experience. They're not getting a whole lot of younger generation diners, hence why they're buying other, buying and starting other concepts to try and capture millennials. They've got, they've got a real crossroads that they're going to be hitting, and they are just the first of many. You've got Outback, you've got Chili's, you've got Applebee's, you've got you know the big box restaurants that are, they've been dying a slow death over the years anyway, but it's going to really start accelerating as millennials start getting into the working world and really ma- making careers and making some money and being decision makers. They're going to move the market, whether we like it or not. Well, I think another way that the technology has maybe been detrimental, especially to the kind of more big box restaurants, is I think that the quality of the food has gotten so And I think a lot of that is because places are relying too much on technology to cook and prepare food. And, you know, we used to go to Ruby Tuesday. So it was like the nice restaurant in my town growing up. And it was really, really good. It's not just that my taste buds have changed, which I'm sure they have, but it was also good. You felt like food was being cooked and prepared. But now if you go to, you know, not Ruby Tuesday specifically, but a big box restaurant, you don't get the, it's like microwave food. It's like a lean cuisine. You know, it's just, it's gross. Well, you have, you've, you take all personal feeling because food is emotion, you know, sharing food. I cook, I invite you guys over to my house tonight and I cook food. It's I'm going to buy quality ingredients, but it's more of a sharing of love. Mm -hmm. It's us breaking bread together. And it's an experience that is lost when it comes to chain restaurants. In my opinion, at some point there's a dude who's in Houston who's looking over every single ingredient he needs. Cause when you have, 500 restaurants and you move your profitability by half a percent that equates to like 10 million dollars that's a number so when you look at broccoli and you're like we can buy fresh broccoli from a produce company and then what we can do is we can have somebody you know cut it and then they have to put it in a little bag and then they microwave it well the chances that they cut their finger are some percentage of a thing and then there's a workers comp claim and then the actual baggies that they have to put them in there's a cost for that and then the actual produce there's a variance for how much of it actually good versus what they have to throw away then there's waste or we can start buying this frozen broccoli from this company that's flash fried that's already prepared that we can put in a thing and nine out of ten people can't tell the difference yeah. they're moving to that 
because that's the economical thing to do. And it's all about numbers. In a locally owned operated restaurant, we're not doing that. No. We're buying fresh broccoli. We're preparing it. We're we're doing and that's just broccoli is a metaphor. I mean, you could use any product for that. But in these big chain restaurants, it's all about efficiency and money. Now and I did have that's ex- why that's what you taste. Yeah. I did have an experience at a chain restaurant recently that I will say was a really good experience. Um, we were traveling and we had to stop somewhere for the night. And the only place in town to eat was a Texas Roadhouse. I have never been yes. to Texas Roadhouse before. Really? I, would, I was very suspect, but it was genuinely the only option. It's good. It was really good. The food tasted like it was prepared fresh. It yeah. did not taste like microwave food. I really got the sense that there were human beings in the kitchen cooking fresh food. Now, the waiter did ask me how I wanted my wine cooked. But your wine? <laughs> that is correct. How you want your wine cooked? That is correct. I said, I'll have the Sauvignon Blanc. And he said, how would you like that cooked? And I said, no way. very rare, please. I, I would like cold. it almost cold. Like at like 36 degrees. Yeah. No, but but besides that, um, I was really surprised by how good the food was. That's that's a staffing issue. That a is. training issue. Yeah. yeah. But But getting back to your point real quick, and then we can move on, obviously, but if those big box restaurants, the, the, the rule of thumb is kind of, if you, ha- if your restaurant has a ticker symbol, you are no longer a restaurant, you are a business and you yes. have shareholders to report to. And you know, that, that cutting out one French fry per order, that mean that moves the needle with shareholders. And it does. And if you do reduce one French fry Times, I mean, I was talking about using jiggers like in restaurants, mm-hmm. like, and I think that you need to use a jigger because a two ounce pour. When you make drinks, I think I'm all about a consistent drink. I had somebody ask me this question the other day. We, we can make this conversation. Do you guys free pour or do you use jiggers? We use jiggers, although I will say I was a bartender most of my restaurant career, uh, you know, went before I had my own place, and I came up in a world where everyone free poured. That, you know, that's my age. That was just, that was a thing. But we, you would get extensively trained to bartend and you had to take poor tests mm. on a regular basis. And I just, I don't feel like people have the resources to allocate that anymore. And when craft cocktails started to become a trend is when everybody started using jiggers. I think it's it's for efficiency and consistency. And I, I had somebody that I say, I think we should go to Freeport. And I go, why is that? And they go, I think it looks cooler and I just think it's a it's faster. It's, it's it more efficient. It is definitely faster. Well, versus going like this or going. I mean, I I don't, I don't know. I mean, it, can it be faster? But is it fast enough to move? You know, the chance of somebody over pouring a half ounce of liquor into a cup and you go, I make four hundred drinks a week. Type that it's four hundred drinks a week, right? If I over pour half ounce, two hundred ounces. That's that's almost ten bottles. That's nine bottles of liquor I'm over pouring. And I go, that's not worth like the consistency. Then you get the, oh, well, Janie makes it better. Yep. Janie makes it. Oh, so she hooks you up. And so he's like, well, sometimes you got to hook people up. And I'm like, I, I, I see that from the bartender standpoint. And I see that from it, but it's stealing. Yeah. I mean, it's theft. And if you, I don't know why in our industry, we look at over pouring and giving away free drinks so that people can get bigger tips as like a rite of passage. Do you understand that? I do. I think it's rooted in an old school bartending culture. I, I do. I mean, that's kind of what it was like when I was bartending in my 20s. 
I'm okay giving people drinks. I just want you to comp it. I want you to ring it up and hand it to me and go, hey, I bought Dr. Johnson a glass of wine. Here's the ticket for it. And I go, thanks. I'm I sure think, he'll appreciate that. I think it also depends on what kind of place you're into. Like if I was bartending at Mirabal's, I think it makes all the sense in the world to use a jigger. You know, bartending at Nikki's Coal Fire, it makes all the sense in the world to use a jigger. If you're bartending on Broadway and you are the kind of place where you need to use like four bottles at a time between your fingers, you don't need jiggers. You need to, that's a place where literally two seconds in making a drink makes a difference. I agree with that. Yeah. But I, I mean, the, I don't want to step on anybody's toes, but if you're bartending on Broadway, you're more of a drink slinger, I think. Absolutely. And if you're at Nikki's or Maribel's or you're making a craft cocktail. And they're, yeah, they're making are. their margins on Broadway. I think yeah. it's okay if people are accidentally overpouring a little yeah. bit. Like in Vegas. Like in Vegas, they free pour. And it's like, well, in Vegas, they want you to get drunk. Yeah. Like they're not even charging they're you not for make, the drinks at all. They're not making their money on yeah. the alcohol. They yeah. want you to get drunk and go make bad decisions on the gaming floor. Yeah. That's a different story. All right, guys. So I'm going to switch gears a little bit, if I may. I have another topic for us. A little bit of a controversial topic. Great. So Sweet. I can't wait. <laughs> we love getting the opportunity to get punched in the face in public. Wow. Okay. I hope it's politics or religion. That would be great. Well, it's neither. Okay, but good. it is a bit of a controversial topic in the restaurant world, I think. And, you know, without using any sort of specific examples, just kind of a general question. What do you guys think about Brandon, I see your face already. You can cut this if we need to edit. We'll edit. Uh, what do you guys think about restaurant employees putting their employers on blast on social media? And we're going to take one more short break on that cliffhanger to answer that question in just a moment. We are supported by Robbins Insurance, a local insurance agency providing customized insurance policies, sound guidance, and attentive service. Robbins Insurance is the go-to agency for hospitality professionals in Nashville. Listen, Robbins knows how hard industry professionals work every single day. They also know how devastating accidents can be. Be it a grease fire that damages the kitchen, a severe storm that cuts off power, or a customer slip and fall incident. Both the extensive experience and the savvy to create a policy that protects your business from accidents like those you can rest easy knowing that the work you've put in will not be for nothing. Visit Robin's website at robinsins.com to request a consultation or call Matthew Clements directly. His number is 863-409-9372. Protection you can trust. That's Robin's. Hey, this is Jason Ellis with Nashville Super Source. We're so proud to be a sponsor for Nashville Restaurant Radio. We would love the opportunity to discuss your chemical and dish machine program with you. If you have any needs or any questions about your current program, opening a new restaurant, or just need a double set of eyes on that, we'd love the opportunity to help you with that. My number is 770-337-1143. We don't do any contracts, no minimums, weekly service to make sure that all your equipment is functioning properly. Make sure you have everything that you need. Again, my name is Jason Ellis, 770-337-1143. I think mm. a lot of people would argue if you are a bad employer who's doing a bad thing, you deserve to be put on blast on social media for the world to hear. Are you referencing a Reddit thread? I am not giving any specific examples here. I am just asking a question. I will say, obviously, I, won't say who it is. obviously I am a restaurant owner. I am an employer. I think that whether it's this situation or any kind of disagreement, 
a lot of times there's two sides to a story or maybe somebody is just a bad person deserves to get called out on social media. What, what do you guys think about this? Do you want me to go first or do you want to go no, first? Far away. Far away. I think it's a, it, it's not, I think you, it's not just a restaurant issue. I think it can be put on the same way. Does a restaurant deserve to a blast because they served a bad steak? I think you have to handle things internally. I think if, I think there's way too many sides to a story to have, I think that the ability to go online and put somebody on blast is is after after you've done everything under the sun to try and reconcile whatever it is without doing that uh, because there's too much at stake. There's too, and because when we have a culture of, oh, I don't have to actually talk to somebody. I'll just go online and leave them a bad Yelp review. Oh, I don't have to actually talk to somebody. That person may have pissed me off. There could have been zero intention in that one person. But I'm just going to go online because that's how I'm going to. I think that's a really dangerous precedent to set. That that's the way we're going to handle communication today. Like you've got to have conversations with people. There's going to be disagreements in every single industry and in every single. My wife and I, your husband and you, like everybody has disagreements. We work through them or we agree to disagree. That's what healthy people do in relationships. If you're an employer, an employee, that is a relationship. And there's roles that are there. Like one of them is I, when you sign on to work in a job, this is the job I'm going to do. If you don't do those things and you lose your job because you broke that contract or the employer, but whatever it is, to be able to go online and just blast somebody is defamation. And I, I don't know. I, I don't think that that's something you should do. Now, if you've, if on the other side of this, if you're sexually harassed by somebody and you've gone to the person and you've gone to, to everybody you need to go to and you're getting nothing, and this person is a harm to other people, and this person is actively harassing people, and it's whatever, and you're getting nothing, and the only way you're going to get traction and your uh, the public safety is that and that's an issue, then you got to do what you need to do to help people, and you need to stop monsters because those those people need to be stopped. I don't like the Me Too movement. There's some moment people put on blast that need to be put on blast. Because too many people are getting away with shit they shouldn't be getting away with. That's egregious. That is ugly and it is wrong. Now, as far as just in general, oh, I don't like him. I'm going to go online and just try and ruin his, I'm trying to cancel somebody. I don't think that's the right way to do it. I think you got to look into it a little more deeper than that. There's yeah. my, there's my quick off the cuff opinion. <clears throat> no, Caroline's I, looking at me like, what, what did I do? Not, no, nothing, nothing. I'm just enjoying listening to your responses. All right, Ben. So, so I got to talk, huh? Okay. So I think we're talking about two different things. We're talking about a, a bad employee that goes on Facebook, Instagram, wherever, and, and blasts their, either their employer or their former employer. I think there's, you know, a little bit of separation there. Or their employer who's about to be their former employer, I guess is a better way to say it. You know, as a as a business owner, it's it's tough and it's it's hard to read those things. You know, you've you I'm sure you've I, read I bad mean, reviews. yeah. Oh, it's hap it's happened to us before it, it's, where it's we've painful. had a disgruntled employee put something on social media. It is it is painful. Yeah, or, it does it's you always want to say it, it's just business. I don't care, I don't take it personally. And you know, there is always gonna be a part of you that takes that personally a yeah. little bit because you are a human being. Yeah. And 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 it, we've had it 
it, it's been a long time, knock on wood, but we've had, we've had instances where we've had a former employee either social media or they've talked to other people and it's gotten back to us and they've said just completely false complaints, whatever it is. We typically just take the high road and if it's on social media, we have to, you know, reply either me personally or I'm going to reply or, or the mobile fixture Facebook app. The administrator is going to reply, hey, I'm sorry you feel this way. Please, please don't hesitate to reach out and we'd like to talk. You know, taking a high road as a business owner is both obvious and, in my opinion, the correct way to do it. I could always become Wendy's and go back on there and <laughs> blast them back, but I'm not Wendy's and I don't feel like I want to have a whole blast department for, for social media within my company. So I'm just going to take the high road. Yeah, we, we've had a couple of times where a disgruntled employee at, at various levels of disgruntlement, let's say, has, you know, made a Facebook post or social media post. Um, and there's been a couple of times that I've just reached out to that person directly and I've said, hey, it seems that there's something that you had an issue with that I wasn't aware of. I'd, I'd welcome a respectful, you know, direct conversation. If you'd like to discuss something with me, I'm I'm, I'm here to listen to you. Never have I gotten a response to that. No, um, and you won't because they're, they're the, the, what do they call it? The anonymous complaint or yeah. the, something anonymous and it, it gives everybody the right to a microphone, yeah. you know, and, and put somebody but, on blast. But I don't know. Sometimes somebody will just say something. I'm like, okay, there's, I know why you're not here anymore. There, I'm not really worried about what you have to say. What about you, Brandon? Have you guys ever experienced that? No, not yet. I'm sure at some point we will. Um, I'm, 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 I like difficult, I, I like chaos. I like difficult conversations. And so when something like that, I always do exit interviews with people and I try and get in there and go, I'm, I'm the first one to raise my hand and say I did something wrong, right? Because I'm not perfect and I fuck up all the time. And I, mm-hmm. my intention is to do everything the right way with everybody's feelings uh, with, with in my four thoughts and I'm trying to do the right thing. I don't always do the right thing. So if I do somebody wrong, I'm the first one to say, Hey, that was on me. I did not communicate that well, or I did not know that you felt this way. And I poked even more or, you know, sometimes poking looks like accountability, but my dog just died and you were upset. I was late. Like I didn't know these things things were going on. And yes, my job is to hold you accountable for these things. It didn't take into consideration what was happening outside of work. Those are all things that I, I, I really focus on. And I'm easy to raise my hand and say, yeah, I was, I was wrong in that regard. So I haven't yet, but I'm sure at some point somebody will. Um, yeah, I, I don't disagree with what you said earlier too, though. I do think that there are definitely those instances where it's like, you know, maybe something really bad or really egregious is happening to you at work. And it's just you're working in a culture where there aren't people that you can take it to. There isn't anyone that you can talk to to try to rectify the situation. And, you know, maybe while I'm not somebody who really likes to put a lot of kind of personal information on social media, you know, some people, I think especially for a lot of younger people, that is really an outlet for people to, you know, express themselves, get support from others who have maybe had a similar experience or maybe get the word out to their peers about, hey, this is a, a, a bad situation. Don't don't get involved in this. But but there's also, you know, the 
what's the Facebook page? Nashville Hospitality, yes. whatever it is. That one is notorious for having these random complaints about things. You, you also have to take it with a grain of salt. Who is it that is making this complaint? If it starts, and I don't want servers to come after me, but <laughs> if it starts out by saying, I was a server on Broadway at X restaurant. Okay. I mean, if you're going to complain, it better be good. Yeah. If you're going to complain about, you know, the the tip issues or, and the things that, that we've read about over the past few years, yeah, that's legit. But if you if if you're going online and you're putting somebody on blast for an, an outrageously false accusation, I think most people are smart enough to realize they're just they're just venting. Just I agree. keep scrolling. I think too there's like um I feel like I've seen some posts where people will say like I worked at this place for nine months and from day one yeah. they were stealing my tips and doing coke in the office and this, that, and the other. And it's like, well then why did you work there for yeah. for nine months? Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's and I, and I hiring got, all I got the fired time. for this, but I, and I came back to work there and I'm like, You so you got fired <laughs> for the manager was harassing you. But then you went back to work there once you figured it out. And, and I don't say that to victim blame in, in any no. way. I just, I do also think that, hey, sometimes if you're in a bad situation, don't do anybody any favors. If nobody's doing you any favors, don't do them any favors. You know, and, and as a business owner, and, and I'm not, I, I, I like to think that I'm not in a position where I'm going to get complaints from former employees or customers, um, but as a business owner, I, my number one responsibility, and, and so is yours and so is yours, our number one responsibility is to protect the assets of my company. And if that means taking the high road with somebody, so be it. If that means getting a lawyer involved and pressing on that person, then so be it. But at the end of the day, I have to look out for the assets of my company because I've got 130 families that are relying on those assets to be intact. So if I get some, some crazy person who's, you know, threatening to sue us for something, I'm, I'm going to look out. And, and if I have to go to the mat, I will to protect those families. Absolutely. hundred percent. I, I also think there's a, a viral culture we live in. This is the dangerous side I was talking about. We all have the friend who posts way too much stuff on Instagram and Facebook. And you're like, I didn't need to know about your bowel movement today. Like that's not, <laughs> that's not what this app is for, you know? And I think there is a real epidemic in our country with endorphins and getting likes and the 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 dream. I think if you, I think that this is a, a made up number right now, but for something they ask kids around my kids' age, I have eight nine year old boys. Like, what do you want to be when you grow up? And like eighty nine percent of them said they want to be an influencer. Yeah. And so, like right now, we're training like, kids want to go online and go viral and be instantly famous. They see these people that have worked their asses off their entire lives to do all these things to get to this point where they can actually influence you because they've gone through everything and they're, they're there. They want that easy track of, oh, I'm going to make a viral video or I'm going to, I saw somebody do something. I'm going to go online and I'm going to get likes and comments. To what peril are they thinking about what the collateral damage of them going viral and the endorphins you're going to get from, Oh, look at these people commenting. They got my back. Like that's, yeah. that's not what it's for. Like that's doing more harm than good. You're, you're living in a big old glass house when you do that. Yeah. I mean, it's really dangerous. And I, and I just see 
kind of that is the other side of this to me. I think that people do that if that's what they're doing because they want to go viral, they want to be an agitator, then fuck them. Yeah. If they want, if they, <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm serious. Yeah. Perfect. If, if you want to be, if you want to help somebody because somebody's doing something wrong and you've gone, you've asked yourself, and the word I use in our restaurant is QBQ, right? The question behind the question. If you've asked yourself, what can I do to fix this situation? And the only answer, you've tried eight of the things, the only answer is, I'm going to put this person on blast because then I will be able to get some traction and more people around me to help stop the atrocities that are happening from this toxic situation. Then you got to do that. Then I, then I love reading that thing going, wow, I didn't know that that's, so we got to get behind this. That's how you start a movement. I was a, you know, I, I was bartending here and this guy yelled at me and there's coke happening here. Like, I mean, it's like, that's just the restaurant business though. That's there's it. there's I mean, yelling and there's Coke. I mean, what else? <laughs> <laughs> if you don't like yelling and Coke, then. And there are know. restaurants. Go sell spoons. Go sell spoons. And there are restaurants that don't yell and, and don't have Coke. I mean, Coke. we, I mean, we, are, a, we aren't a yelling and Coke restaurant to my, you, to the extent of my knowledge. But you are? We are not. Oh, you said we're a yelling and Coke restaurant. This is a rabbit like, hole I was not expecting to go down oh, today. Wow, okay. No. No, no, are no, you a yelling no. and Coke type atmosphere? No, I'm, no, I'm, no. I'm really but not. How, I mean, no. but I've worked in so many. And, you know, some of them were toxic as fuck. And some of them were really great, fun work experiences, you know? I, you know, I, I, so. I'm i with you. Like jail, Back in the day, like J. Alexander's, you know, my first restaurant job in 1997 was J. Alexander's. Yelling and Coke? I don't know about the Coke thing, probably, but it, there was a lot of yelling, but very, very strict. And I kind of think like we all want to live in this really nice, comfortable 72 degree world. And sometimes that's not the way the world works. And if you put yourself in these scenarios where that was a really fucking hard job and I did get yelled at and there was people on drugs, like navigating through that and main, 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 being successful in that atmosphere means you can go do anything, anything. in the world. Yep. Because I can navigate through that, but if that if you just have to go and I have to tell everybody about this because it's wrong, like then then maybe just find something different. I mean, I, I'm not saying that that's okay that that's your work environment, and we need to. I think as an industry, we've got to change that. But I don't know. I mean, look, if I work downtown, I've said this on the show. You if you go to Jason Aldean's. There's you, definitely yelling and coke. But you drive no, by there. No, allegedly. I'm, I'm just making a joke. Well, I'm not and, saying. And Tomas has been on the show. He's the chef there. I'm not saying that yeah. he's this guy at all. But if you look at, at 11 o'clock at night, there's a line outside. There's a thousand people standing at the front door to try and get in. And there's a line that wraps around the back of the building. right? And you go, dude, since like 8.30 at night, that line has been there. And those bartenders are three deep at a bar from 8.30 to 3.30 in yeah. the morning. Yeah, Do you shift. know what seven and a half hours of three deep, nonstop, no help, like yeah. So if you're a bar back, Coke, you Coke might has get entered the at. room. Yeah. yeah, I mean, like yeah. that's that's where like how do you have the energy to do that? And you're like, do you really want to know? Yeah, no, I mean that's a question you don't ask. I don't. You, I mean you, that's just a thing. I mean I don't. I don't know if I could do that, and I don't know if anybody. That's such a highly. I mean those guys are making fifteen hundred a night. Yeah. I mean you look at that highly competitive environment, and you go. Hey, I think I need to take a break. Like, fuck you. Yeah. Go. Like, those. that's an environment where you figure yeah, out that's not, a survival of the fittest. You're not getting your 15s at uh, 
at Jason anywhere on, anywhere on Broadway. <laughs> no, <laughs> anywhere. I mean, that's it's just you're just fucking slammed. Yeah. And you're talking All about night. you're talking about maybe a Tuesday night. You're right. not talking about Friday and Saturday nights. You well, just I mean, have to. I think any that, night down there is like that. I think maybe the point is people maybe need to think about what their expectations are from a job going in, and maybe ask those questions ahead of the job. And maybe employers need to be a little more transparent about the intensity and expectations of the work. Yeah. Getting just real quick on that, the Broadway thing and the, the bartenders being three deep and it goes back to your free pour idea. When we're designing restaurants and we're, and you know, the kitchens are the kitchens. Those are pretty simple and self-explanatory, but when we get to bars, no two bartenders have ever agreed on a bar layout. You can probably attest to this at Nikki's. You've, I remember we changed the bar equipment around, I don't know, scores of times. So when you start talking about Broadway, Broadway is a whole different animal because those people that are, that are tried and true about working down there, they know exactly how a bar needs to be laid out. I take more, I take more away from bartenders on Broadway than I would from Nikki's or Josephine or Maribel's because they are, those, your bartenders are probably much more structured and they understand and, you know, they're, they're providing a service. Those folks down Broadway are slinging. They're slinging drinks as fast as they can because it's three deep. I'm going to listen to every single word that they say, whether they're full of shit or not, whether I agree or not. If that's how they want it, that's how they get it because they're making $1,500 a night, and they really do need to be able to sling drinks one second faster. <laughs> and that, that's honestly it. It is. It's a, it's a, I love, I, I'm, I'm the nerd who likes to go downtown if I am downtown God. at one of those bars. And I just watched the op. And Tomas invited me to come spend a Friday night with him at Jason Aldean's and go visit his different locations, the TC group, and just watch. Because I am just fascinated by that. And, and you know, then I have my restaurant. We have 120 guests on a Wednesday night. Yeah. It's like, oh, it's going to be busy tonight. Like, I'm like, I don't think you have any idea. Like, isn't perspective the most amazing thing on this planet? Like, just perspective. Like, it's cold in here. As compared to what? Yeah. yeah Standing well, in a walk-in for an hour? It's really not that cold in here. Or it's hot in here versus what? Being in Death Valley. Like if you've been to all these different extremes, you can your perception can change how you feel. And Broadway is an extreme. Is. There's no doubt. Yeah. I mean, when when we have to make a delivery down there, uh, we're not going during the, during the day after 11 a.m. We're just not. Mm. You know, if we have to replace three or four pieces of equipment at a Jason Aldean's or an Old Red or wherever it might be, we're going in at 2 a.m. Mm. And we know that we have from 2 a.m. till 7 a.m. to get the work done. It sucks. 3 a.m. to 7 a.m. It's part of life, though. Down If you're going to be the man on Broadway and you're going to sell food or drinks or equipment or whatever it's going to be, you better be ready to be working overnight. And Broadway is a really different experience when you're sober. And when you're trying to work and you're 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 really battling against all the traffic and the Ubers and the, the freaking pedal taverns um, and the bros and the hoes at 2 a.m. <laughs> is tough. Oh <laughs> but there is did a you, new... Did you just say the bros and the hoes? I did. That's, that's, that's trademarked. Oh, my God. <laughs> God. Um, all right, guys, Caroline's I'm going like, to... Anyhow, I'm going to switch it up again do because it. this is our Father's Day episode. All right. So our last topic today, I want to talk to you guys because you guys are fathers about Father's Day. Let's do it. 
So, Ben, you told us you're perfect Father's Day. You're hanging out with your fam. Does that involve hanging out at home or you guys? Do you do like, do, 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 you, do you brunch on Father's Day? Like Mother's I work Day? on Father's Day. Is that a, okay. Do you really? I go to Maribel. It's a busy day. Yeah, and it's, I, it's Sunday. It's, it's just a Sunday. Sunday. Like, it's what's a Sunday the traditional brunch. Father's Day thing? Like, I know Mother's Day you brunch. Is Father's Day like what? You grill or what? I, I don't want I don't want anything. Like, I just want it to be a normal day. I'd like a little bit of attention. From the kids, you know, um, maybe we go to lunch. Maybe I get to decide where we go to lunch Stop once it. a year. Stop it. No, right? Where are you, and um, where are you picking? Careful. Oh, boy. I got to be really careful with this. Now, keep in mind, I live in Murfreesboro. Okay? So, I live at the Let's other end the of the scene. world. She's yep, going to I, the alley. I, I, no, I'm not, I'm not a big downtown Murfreesboro guy. I don't like downtown situations. Now that I think about it. I, <laughs> like this is I, a recurring theme. I I just don't. He just. Uh, I don't think I like downtown. I tell you, if I'm going to bring my kids and my wife somewhere for lunch, there's a decent chance I'm going to Nukes. Mm. As silly and as as unsexy as that might be, it's hard to it's hard to beat a Nukes for lunch. That might be the un- unsexiest answer I've ever <laughs> right? heard somebody say on like the y'all show. Y'all were on the I'm edges like, of your seats. And like, I just where is he going? Nukes? <laughs> nukes? Like, really? Yeah. You might as well, like Jason's Deli or something, you know? I, that's not a bad one. I don't even know if they have one in Murfreesboro. There is. Do, there's one. There's one. There? Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's right by Medical Center Drive right there off yeah. of, uh, yeah. It's uh, great, too. It's a nice little location. Yeah. It's, it's hard to beat the Medical Center in Murfreesboro. I'm, seriously, it's like Broadway. It's, it, it's it is. Rutherford County's Broadway. It's, <laughs> it's like Broadway? I don't know. If the, Peter, the, there was Yelling like and a, Coke? Demises, or there was like the goat. Yeah, Peter or there's, D's. But there, Peter yeah. D's, is that place still open? No, that, that um, I, th- I thought they closed. He closed that, and uh, McAllister's is there. Okay, so yeah. these delis are thriving in Murfreesboro. See? Murfreesboro's Tennessee, Nukes, Delhi, so, so Jason's. Can, can we get off the Nukes situation for a second? Because I feel like this is getting really. Nukes weird. has a really good Italian sub, like Dude, an the Italian. Nukes Q, and they, the Nukes oh, Q is hard to beat, and the sweet tea, and it's in a big cup. They the big old plastic yeah. cups that you can take with you. Yeah. I am with you. See? I love okay, those. There's a Nukes he, in Brentwood. You right over. Big that ass lemons. I it's hard love. to beat those. Yeah. yeah, and they have the little breadsticks too that you can eat while yeah. you wait with all the different sauces. I've yeah. never been to a Nukes. Oh. Are you serious? Com- oh, compare it to legit. another restaurant. It's not like a brick tops. No, no, no. It's it's more like a. It's like a deli. Nukes it's, deli deli test. You 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 counter service. You okay. order, and they have lots of tons of salads. Really like good a salads. Yeah, it's a lot it's like a Panera. similar to like yeah. a Panera, but like n- nicer, more Better. F- like Panera with more flavors. Mm. Like they have yeah. like lots of flavors. Like they have like muffaladas and different like tapenades and okay. vinegars and things. I don't know. It just seems like the the flavors at Nukes yeah. are better. Does that make so, sense? So so after Nukes, we'll just yeah. move on past Nukes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, we're we're probably going to go to the, the the neighborhood pool, or we might go to the lake for the day and spend the afternoon together. But come coverage for us open get get, Time get to say out. bye to the fan get out it, i love you guys y'all go do whatever you want here here here's my check card you guys go 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 to nukes again if you want <laughs> go get some real chinese my, my family likes the chinese and you know it's fine all right what about you brandon what's what's a great father's day for y'all all right so i'm a crazy person first of all and i'm not just going to give you a straight answer there's nothing like that because days don't mean anything to me Mother's Day, I'm busy as fuck. I don't get to spend Mother's Day with my wife. So we do Mother's Day the week after, and we just say, look, it's just a day. It doesn't matter. It's the thought of doing something special for somebody. It's like Valentine's Day, like doing something special for somebody else. So for Father's Day this year, I wanted to do 
some alone time with each one of my boys individually. So this past weekend, I went to Cincinnati and I took my youngest to a Reds game. And so we drove and we went to Cincinnati. The road trip itself with them them alone is amazing. So we went to Cincinnati and we stayed at the graduate Cincinnati with this really cool with like this bunk bed. And it was like this whole, like kids room. They have like butcher paper to draw on and all that. It was really cool. We went and saw the new Spider-Man movie. Then we got up the next morning, went to the Newport Aquarium right across the street in Newport, Kentucky. So we had the aquarium, we had lunch, and then we drove back home to Nashville. And we, it was a nice time away from everybody mm-hmm. else. And when I, he is an older brother and they're, you know, the competitive and the wife, take any, any of them all together and it's kind of a shit show. It's a wonderful shit show, but it's a, it, it kind of can get a little out of control. But isolated, me and him had the best time ever. And then, so we're going to go on vacation next week. And then we're going to, me and my oldest on the 30th are going to go to Atlanta. We're going to go to the new Truist Park. We're going to Atlanta, and then we're going to go to the Georgia Aquarium. So I get to do two separate little road trips with each one of my boys, and it'll just be us that alone father That's awesome, son time, That's badass real right bonding. Yeah. And so that was kind of. And then I got and I, I asked. I got some new Jordans for um, for Father's Day. It was like my gift. So I for Father's Day is just a. What do I want to do? I kind of want to spend some time with each one of the kids, and then the grace. From my wife to go, okay. I mean, because obviously she would love to go on those trips with me. She would love to go mm-hmm. with me. So for her to have the grace to say, no, I think you should do that and I'll stay home with the other one and we'll make it fun for them. That's what I want for Father's Day, something special. But in general, like what is Father's Day? I could go either way. I could spend a day at the pool with the kids or I could just be completely alone fishing. And, you know, I think that I'm around people all the time, every single day. And, then I get home and I'm just around people and yeah. it's always tumultuous. It's always crazy. Sometimes I just like, I just want to be alone. I just want to be alone for like a couple hours and maybe hop on a kayak and go down the Harpeth river by myself, the fishing pole and not have to be anywhere at a certain time and go, I'm going to go fish over there and then just paddle over and fish yeah. there and not have to think about other people and what just to be selfish for like a three hour span on a river by myself. Sounds like a dream. Yeah. And, and, Getting back to what you just said, uh, you you barely touched on it, but us being in the restaurant business like we are, the last thing I ever want to do is go out to dinner. I am in restaurants all day, all night, you know, not all night. You guys are in it all night, but I'm in there every day. The last thing I really want to do is go out to dinner. It just, I just, I, I like eating at home. I like cooking. I like it when my wife cooks, but on a day like that, I don't want, I don't want my wife cooking. I sure as hell don't want to cook. So, okay, I'm going to go out to lunch. Nukes, nothing like it. I'm telling you, you're missing out on the nukes right I here. Point at her. I'll have to go. I'll have to go. Who knew? Right what about after, you? What right about, after streetcar. What about Nikki's? For is, Father's is, Day? Is Nikki's busy? Um, you know what? We do get busier on Father's Day than Mother's Day, I want to say. I feel like pizza is a little more like, you know, stereotypically dad, family mm-hmm. food. Um, but, but we don't do, <laughs> but we don't do anything like, you know, special Father's Day, anything. And, we, and same for Mother's Day. We, we don't, other than December and Christmas, which of course is absolutely Saint bananas Nikki's. with St. Yeah. Nicky's. And we, um, you'll hear more about this later this year, but we might have an addition to St. Nicky's this year. Mm. So stay tuned. Um, but, uh, yeah, we don't, we don't really do anything for holidays. Um, I don't know. We just kind of open for regular service and, and, and let it ride. 
So. Well, I love my wife loves holidays and she really gets into holidays. It's been an adjustment for her. Just this it I think it's holidays are a mindset. It gives us an excuse mm-hmm. to be intentional with somebody and to not get to get out of your normal grind. So if you can take a holiday, it doesn't I, I'm we're we're a very destination driven restaurant at Maribel. So we do massive holidays. Holidays are huge there. So I work on most holidays and I don't necessarily have to be there, but I, those are the days that you build your team and yep. everybody comes together and you're slammed. And those are the moments that I don't want to miss. You know what I mean? So I like being there on holidays because it's like every one of your senses are just going and it's a, it's a high. So I do holidays on just different days, but I think it, the holidays are really important and I think that they're really fun. And I think it's they're really, to me, it's not about the day. It's more of a reminder to be intentional with somebody that you care yeah, about. Exactly. And on, a, on a, that's what holidays are to me. Christmas morning, different Thanksgiving. I work on Thanksgiving. So we do Thanksgiving on a different day also. I mean, like it's just a matter of, are we going to be intentional around something together as a family? I challenge you to make up a holiday, make up a holiday for your own family in the middle of summer. That's not 4th of July or do something in July 31st. It's like your end of the summer yeah. holiday that you're intentional with your family and go do something. It's like you don't have to wait for what the government announces as a holiday. Do holidays every month. Do your family holiday a month and do something special. It's go out to dinner, go canoeing or go on a road trip. I don't know. But like holidays are just a day. I have a question. This is a, might be a dumb question, but I don't have kids. Do you have to spend holidays with your kids or is there ever a holiday where you can just be like this one? This one is like not a family holiday. This one's just like there's we're going to do our own thing. I think there's maybe an, like an anniversary. Or yeah, a I think there's an understood obligation, and I don't mean that in a bad way. That you know, if it's a holiday, Thanksgiving, Christmas, Valentine's Day, Easter. Easter is always a big one. You know, you you are spending the day with the family. Yeah, the anniversary, it's you and your spouse. That's it. Um. Father's Day is kind of a mm, six and one and a half does. Yeah. You can spend it by yourself or with them. Or I mean, a combination. Part of the thing is it's a day for you to do whatever. It's a recognition of your hard work throughout the year and what you've contributed as a father. Yeah. So there doesn't need to be a you need to do this on that day. Whatever the fuck you want to do. This is the one yeah. day where you as a dad can say, I want to be by myself watching the U.S. Open. I don't want to be bothered. And we need to respect that. We so need is to that go, not, that's not frowned upon if you're like, it's Father's Day. I don't want to be with my family. <laughs> no, whatever I, you I, want. I mean, in, in my house, it's I have a very unique na- unique house in that my father-in-law was a retire, is, is a retired golf professional. My brother-in-law is a former golf professional. My wife grew up in that house mm. with golf, 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 golf. It was always golf. So when we got married, I recognized immediately, dude, I've got a hall pass for watching golf or playing golf. As long as either her dad or her brother's involved, yeah, I'm, I'm in. So Jackpot. as, yeah. So as the years go on and we've been married long enough now, she knows Masters weekend, U.S. Open weekend, British Open weekend, PGA weekend. I'm done. Like I'm worthless. The only weekend that I really get away with it is this weekend. And, and that's okay. And this is going to be our very last commercial break for this episode. Let's do it. When you hear that sound, it's probably too late. You need a guy. 
I want to be your guy. I'm Kevin with Corson Fire and Security, and I'm a restaurant territory account manager. Do you know who's doing your inspections at your restaurant? Please reach out to me at 615-974-2932, and I'll be glad to come out and take a quick look and look at all your fire safety inspection needs. If you're building your restaurant, we can help with that too. As far as kitchen suppression, fire extinguishers, emergency lights, we do it all. One stop, one shop. Call Kevin at 615-974-2932. Let me be your guy, Nashville. It is testimonial time as we talk about Cytex Linen and Uniform Company. If you need a linen you need a, a chef coat. I will tell you, we just had an amazing episode with Rachel Hale from American Idol. And she has Hale's Kitchen. And she messaged me and she goes, hey, I really need an apron with the Hale's Kitchen logo. I'm going on TV. So I called Ross. I called Ross Chandler. And I said, hey, look, I need some help. Can you make me an amazing apron? And in 48 hours, he had a denim apron with the Hale's Kitchen logo ready for me. That is service. They would do that for anybody. I mean, the, the ability for them to make it happen on a daily basis, service is key. And I knew making that phone call that Ross would be able to come through for me like they've done when I've ran out of linens or I didn't have enough or I needed extra. I had a party that wanted a chartreuse linen. I mean, they really perform. And I'm telling you guys, if you are not happy with your linen company, your uniform company, your first aid kit company, they have latex gloves. They kind of have it all. You need to give Cytex a call. 270-823-2468 is going to get you in touch with Ross Chandler. And he is the man. You guys will get taken care of. You need somebody who has your back in the linen business. That's Cytex. I, I, I'm the football season like if yeah. NFL football season Sundays for those 18 weeks or whatever, I'm, and you know, it's just Sundays, Mondays, and Thursdays, and sometimes on Saturdays, but <laughs> NFL season, but I don't watch well, college, okay, I and brought, I don't watch any other sports. It's like the one thing I ask listen, for. Listen, I brought this point up during football season, and this year, I'm like, I think that when when we're talking a very stereotypical gender norms perspective of men watching football and their wives not loving it. I do think the NFL is fucking up by putting football on too many days. I, because, I agree with that. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Because especially for us who work a lot and have limited time off together, just because you work with your spouse does not mean that you ever see each other or spend time together. Oh, that when, should count double. When there, <laughs> when there is football on every fucking day of the week, that's a problem. That's the problem. You think it's? A, I think it's great. <laughs> well, listen, me and why and don't listen, they have Tuesday night footballs? I'm wondering. I don't want do. the Mac. I don't Mac want Tuesdays. I don't want a but tangent, guys. We, that's NCAA. We'll we'll save that oh. conversation for it's another like an time. NFL. Yeah, we'll save that conversation for next time. We can wait till we get to the actual NFL season. We will. Yes, we can talk about it because I I. Fantasy football to me is like the best. We'll talk about it another time. Nerd. I love it. She doesn't. I don't have like, I like, I'd like the Titans, but I don't really care about the Titans. I like my, my football team the most. I'm not like a Bears guy where like I have to watch. I mean, I watch the Titans. I do, but like I care more about my fantasy team than I do the Titans. <laughs> I'm just being real. I make zero decisions you, for the actual Titans. They you, don't care about what I think. You know why they have football on every night? Mm. 
Vegas. Gambling. I mean, it is. And that's why golf, going back to golf, but sports is sports. And and if there's a sport, somebody's betting on it. So football is on Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday all year or during the season. Mac Tuesdays, huge betting opportunities. I, I, I don't bet Mac games unless I'm down. If I'm down and I'm trying to get even, I might bet on, you know, Marshall against whomever. Um, <laughs> the real, we're about to get real. I like yeah, this. Yeah, no, seriously. That's, that's Unless I'm just down, the, then I got to get my fix. I got it. You know, Hawaii in the second half on Saturday night at 2 a.m., I might <laughs> might need to get he's, some he's, he's betting a coin flip. He's like, oh, Marshall's going to get the ball. Tails never fails. Seriously. <laughs> always bet tails. And Excuse always me. take over in the Star Spangled Banner at the Super Bowl. Always take over. Wow. The, the, this is the kind of These hard. These are hot tubs. This is the stuff Seriously, we want. Two, oh, two, I think it's 203 and a half seconds is what they normally set it at. Or two minutes and three seconds, something like that. It always yeah. goes over. Yeah, Always. Aren't you glad you brought that up? Hell yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. It's going to make me some money next we'll year. Have to, we'll bring you back for another Hot Topics and when it's football season, and we'll get into, we'll great. Get into that. Great. What about, I, I got a question for yeah. you guys. Yeah. Let's go. So a few years ago, we did the Bad Yelp Review oh, at yeah. Nikki's. That was so much fun. That was really fun. They hate us on Yelp. I People hate us on Yelp. People hate us on Yelp. What? That was what it was called. People hate us Is on Yelp. Is that what it was? Yeah. yeah. Um, so my whole TikTok page is based on that. I <laughs> love that night. It was so much fun. I, y'all need to do that again. And mm-hmm. do it on the on the blasting, you know, the when you brought it up earlier, the former employees blasting people on social media I know it's Ooh, a touchy subject. That might subject. be a little too spicy. Uh, maybe. That would have to be like, you'd have to do that the way they do like that, like cloak and dagger society or whatever, where <laughs> everybody has to come in with like a mask on and you can't like <laughs> say who you are and like nobody can know that it's happening. And this just got real because I can envision a bunch of restaurant owners in one place all wearing like these crazy yeah. masks and like cloaks. Yeah, and, like, like death not, masks. Not like in the, that, yeah, yeah, with like the... <laughs> like not announcing who you are just being in the room and you have to read one of them and candles be- and nobody's speaking yeah. maybe a, a an altar somewhere a yeah. blood oath yeah yeah Ooh, ooh. <laughs> blood oath. i remember the the one thing that i remember from the bad yelp review night or whatever it is people hate us on yelp it was i think it was either carrie pringle or pat martin one of those two they got up there on the stage and they're looking at their phone they got their glasses on he gets about halfway through the first sentence. And he goes, yeah, you know what? We really fucked up on this one. I remember this. So do you remember that? It, yes. He, he was like, yeah, I can't really say anything about it. We really <laughs> fucked this one. That was, that was Pat Martin that did that one. Um, I wasn't there. But I know because Carrie did. Uh, he yeah. read his one. It was from Jimmy. From Jimmy whatever. Yes. And he yeah. read it for me on. And then he was back in the show. And we, we did it again. <laughs> And it's the funniest, it's the funniest thing that you ever read, they've ever heard because he finished it. He's like, what a dick. That's my favorite <laughs> line of the whole thing. He reads the review from Jimmy and then he, at the end of it, he goes, what a dick. And it's just the greatest, mo- it's like the, the greatest little moment. Good stuff. So good. But you can see a lot of those if you go to the Nashville Restaurant Radio TikTok. Caroline has read one. Tony read one. We have Carrie, Pat Martin, all those people reading one-star reviews on our TikTok page. You yeah. can go look at those right now so i i gotta tell i have to my wife is gonna give me shit if i don't bring this up about tiktok i do not have a tiktok account but i'm on tiktok all the time here's my problem when you don't have an account you can't follow anybody you can't save anything you can forward 
So me being me, not having an account, if I see a TikTok that I like, I have to send it to somebody so that I can see it again. We can make an account and I not post. No, no I've, I've, it's too late. The the ship sailed. It's not too you late. Know, no, the window has a lot closed of people have me. TikTok accounts where I, they don't have a photo or post anything. It's just to yeah, watch. Yeah, but see now it's the principle of it. So okay. so I like my daughter makes fun of me because I take screenshots of the TikTok so I can go back and remember who it was. <laughs> Seriously, it's a it's a shit show. But um, the the I don't even know where I was going with this on the TikTok. Oh, because I don't wife. have an account. Yeah, so I have to send TikToks to people. Well, the problem is I don't remember who I send the TikToks to, so I have to go back through like every text message and scroll, scroll, scroll. Oh yeah, that's who I send it to. So there's no way I'm ever going to be able to follow Nashville Restaurant Radio on TikTok unless it just shows up on my screen, which I'm sure it will tonight because uh, they're listening. Well, you can search Nashville Restaurant Radio and it'll pull up my account, and then you can just watch all the videos. Yeah, yeah, and I will. I can't. Like them. I don't right. Well, then I want you nowhere near it. <laughs> I, mean, I don't care. <laughs> I'm just All right, Ben, before we go, I have to ask you. Mm-hmm. Give us your current Trash TV recommendations. Marry Me Abroad. So marry what? Abroad. I think it's Marry Me or Match it, Me Abroad. Marry Me. Marry Me. Yeah. Haven't so my wife it. and I got into this a couple weeks ago. We were is that like overseas or is that like an old antiquated term? It's for like a woman? ninety day the other way. It is. Yeah. It's a lot like ninety days. Um, we've only finished one episode. It is going to be a train wreck. Oh, so wait. these people live in America and they've gone overseas to find people on the internet. Well, they are just straight up moving mm-hmm. to Czechoslovakia, um, uh, somewhere. Somewhere Mexico or South America, somewhere in, in these weird ass places that speak no English. This one lady, um, I say a lady, this one woman, she is moving to somewhere in Eastern Europe. She does not speak the language. She does not know the cultures. She doesn't know anything. She's just moving. She's never met the guy either. It's amazing. It's a great. And does show. the guy speak any English? He or they use English. the translator. No, he speaks English. She does not speak his native language, whatever it is. Yeah. Okay. Marry me abroad. Marry me abroad. Yeah, it's a good get one. On it. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's hard to beat love after lockup too. Oh, I, I love love after love lockup. Love love after lockup. Uh, that's a good one. People are sleeping on that. It's it's tough now. It's you got to be dedicated to it. Yeah. Because it's a long season. Then they have life after lockup. You got to invest. Yeah. You got to invest. It's not easy. All right. I love this, Ben. I I was very <laughs> sad when. The first thing I asked you when you walked in the studio today was, do you watch Vanderpump Rules? And I was so sad that you... I've never seen that. Is that is that like a Real Housewives kind of show? Oh, we'll talk about it when we get off there. Perfect. There's a lot to tell you. <laughs> Great. I have two more episodes of Ted Lasso. It's a little highbrow for our taste. I like Ted Lasso. If it, <laughs> didn't, if it didn't have so much swearing in it, I would want my kids to watch it. Yeah. If, yeah. If Roy Kent. Yeah, he makes he's, that show. Oh, God, this guy, he has the whole voice. He's... He just talks like this. It's great. I like it. I'm working on yeah. my Roy Kent accent. That's strong. That's a good it. accent. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> so that's what he does. That's what he says. That's what he says. I don't understand. Yeah. yeah. Fuck. Fuck. <laughs> I have no words. Have you seen Ted Lasso? I have not. That's not for me. Oh, my God. That's just not for me. Dude, listen. She... She is the trash TV queen. She is my go-to. <laughs> Thank you for recognizing me you for s- my proper title. Yeah. 
I got to, uh, I got to, uh, maybe I'll start watching Vanderpump Rule. I've got so many shows I want to watch, but yeah, I have to finish Succession. I've got all these, th- I'm close on a bunch. I'll give, I'll give you guys a watch guide. Oh, yeah. I'll give you an maybe episode you could guide. start you doing like a up. monthly, like watch guide on the roundup. No, well, no, it, it's not restaurant radio, but off the air, I'll give you guys a, a watch guide and anybody who's interested in getting into it, DM me. I'll give you a watch guide. I think you should do your own podcast around it. No, 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 no. The Caroline Galson trash TV and you have people call in and talk about I mean, trash listen, TV. this sounds like my, my dream pursuit, but I, I barely have time to do this podcast, Brandon. That's right. <laughs> That's right. We're going to keep it with this one. We want her on this one. Yeah. Let's not give you any more work. You don't want to give her a trash Very TV. Very happy you're here, Caroline. The last thing this world needs is a trash TV podcast to recap everything. That, I, I mean, mean, there's I, already like 400. I listen to all of them. Wow. Do you really? Oh, yeah. So how, do you, how do you have time to listen to all this stuff? Because I'm always in my car. Oh, well, you got long drives. Mm-hmm. You've got to really want it. Like, you've got to want to listen to a podcast like that. I mean, you guys know that, like, some of the top podcasts on every platform are reality recap podcasts. Like, Watch What Crappens, Bitch Sash. Like, these are some of the truly the <laughs> Watch top. Watch What Crappens. <laughs> these are truly some of the top podcasts out out in the world today. Well, after this episode airs, we're going to be up there. Because this, I think, is a is a gem today. Crushing it. I just slay, just, slay. Oh my god, you guys, we gotta go. <laughs> As for you, Abby, Ben, would you like to take us out with a Gordon Food Service final thought? I didn't do any ads in the show. I was meant to do ads. The first thing he said the- was, "I'm going to do ads throughout the whole show." Yeah, live. You he was going to do live commercials. Not. A, I didn't not do one. one. We kind of did one for you, Ben. You yeah, did. We did. thank we did. you. Yeah, Mo. Mobile yeah. fixture yeah. is your company. And if you're opening a restaurant, you got to call me. These are the guys. These yeah. are the guys that will outfit you with everything you need to be. I, you know, because you used to be a sponsor of the show mm-hmm. back in the day, which thank you, mm-hmm. in the middle of the pandemic. That was really important, really helpful for me. Um, the most important thing I think that is like having people who understand, who've done this a thousand times, come in and go, this is how you should lay out your kitchen or can we do this things? Like there's just so many things. You've seen everything happen. You've seen all the things we, good we, and bad and you can come in and help guide people in the right direction. Yeah, that, that, that's true, but... Consulting. But also it's, it's I believe in community. I believe in, in supporting local. I don't go to a lot of chains. Nukes is different, yes. It's the but, only one you promoted the on the show one, was a know, chain, know, but hey, man, it's it okay. really is. <laughs> No, you know but, what though, Ben? I will say you are a huge supporter of your clients. Every time I see you, you're like, "Have you guys been to yeah. Logo yet? It's amazing. Yeah. You gotta go. It's incredible what they're doing over there." And just really, you are well, a huge well, advocate. And and one of the things that we try and tell people is the internet doesn't say thank you. You know, our our job is to make sure that we support the people that support us. I'm going to spend money with the people that support that that spend money with me. And if they don't spend money with me, they're dead to me. Not really. Okay, I'm just kidding, but. But I, hey, when I used to sell food, yeah, people were like, well, you should come and eat sometime. I'm like, I don't spend money if people don't spend money with me. Yeah. If you spend money with me, I'll spend money with you. But otherwise, I'm not going to eat there. It's a partnership. I'm in it. I, I, yeah. Like, I, I 100%, as I'm in sales. Like, if you're going to actively put your trust in me and spend money with me, yeah. why would I go eat at restaurant that doesn't? Like, I'm going to go to the place that actively supports me, and I'm going to support them. And we used to say that about Amazon. The problem is Amazon is everywhere now, and I see Amazon drivers in restaurants. And it's like, okay, well, I can't say that about Amazon anymore. But my competitors that are online, they don't come in and support Nikki's. They don't come in and support Marables. True. 
No. I, That's my final thought. That's my Gordon Food Service final thought of the day. There you go. It's a good one. <laughs> Dude, you're on fire. You even throw hey, I've got GFS hats for y'all. Ad. I need y'all to put hats up here. I've got I've got two hats for you guys in the car. All right, well I will put it up there. I'll put a hat up there. You could have your own your own whole thing up here. Yeah, I knew this was coming. We can talk about that afterwards too. <laughs> you could put like a mini kitchen in one of these, yeah. and then I can have put a like, drawing. I'll put a drawing in there. You could do that. Yeah, you could have the mobile fixture cubby. Yeah. Uh huh. All right. We're going to end it at that. Thank you, Ben Whitlock. Happy, Thank you, happy ben. Father's Day happy to Father's you. Thanks for, Day. thanks for having me. Yeah, happy Father's thanks Day Thanks for coming guys. in, and uh, this was a lot of fun. We're going to do this again. It's good times. Let's do it. See you, man. Thank you so much to Ben Whitlock and Caroline for joining us on this fun episode of The Roundup, Father's Day edition. To Again, to all of you out there, Father's Day is this weekend. I hope that you have a wonderful, wonderful day. I know that I will. I'll be working because it's a fun day to work. I am. Uh, I'm on vacation right now, but when I get back, we'll start working. And uh, remember, this Monday we will have Ford Fry on the episode. Ford Fry coming up this Monday on Nashville Restaurant Radio. So stay tuned. Hope that you guys are being safe out there. Love you guys. Bye bye.